Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have a doozy of an interview for all of you listeners today as I am joined by one of the breakout players of the 2022 European Swing, a guy who reached the third round of the 2022 French Open, fourth round of the 2022 Wimbledon, and now finds himself in the top 50 of the ATP rankings for the first time in his career. Of course, I'm referring to 20-year-old American Brandon Nakashima, who joins the Cracked Interviews podcast once again today to share his reflections from that successful European swing. I wanted to ask Brandon what it's like to spend two and a half months consecutively in Europe, not only what he was doing to continue his advancement on the court, but what he does to occupy his time off of it as well. Of course, we get into the nitty-gritty. I ask Brandon what are the biggest improvements he's seen in his game? What does he learn from matches against the Berrettinis, Virevs, Kyrgios's of the world at the majors? It is just a fantastic show, and I'm immensely grateful for the candidness we got from Brandon throughout the course of this interview. Just, I'm guaranteeing it, you listeners are going to enjoy today's podcast, and let's get right to it. Of course, before we can, have to give a shout out to our friends at Swing Vision at the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the sport, of course. All you got to do to get access to all Swing Vision can do for your game is download the Swing Vision app today. When you do, you set up the app, you record every playing session, and then you'll get all that information in the palm of your hand, whether it be the unforced errors you make on court, whether you want your hitting session broken down by category, forehands, backhands, serves, volleys, you name it. Swing Vision's artificial intelligence will break it all down for you. How do you get access to it? It's simple. Click on the link in the description to this podcast. Use our promo code CRACK20. When you do sign up, you'll get $20 off plus a free 14-day pro trial. We are immensely grateful for the support we get from our friends at Swing Vision. The least we can do, ask you to support them as well. Learn more by clicking on that link in the description to this podcast. With that said, let's get to it. Fantastic interview for all of you Crack Rackets fans with the one and only Brandon Nakashima. Hey, Crack fans. Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. 
Joining us on the podcast once again today, a man you know best is a man now up to a new career high of number 47 in the live rankings. Of course, you all just saw him on your TV screen as he played one of the most entertaining matches of the 2022 Wimbledon. Welcome back to the Cracked Interviews podcast, our friend Brandon Nakashima. Brandon, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you so much for having me again. Oh, it is always our pleasure. And I have to say, UVA capturing a national title since we last spoke. You could have played on that team, which was a fun thought exercise for us in Champaign. Just the idea of where would they put Brandon on this roster? Who gets knocked off? Bar? Like, maybe. Uh, But did you get a chance to follow any of that while you were in Europe? And it must have felt good to see some of your teammates in the winner's circle. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely following it uh, when I was over there in Europe. Um, I mean, it's great, great to see all the guys, you know, coming together, um, playing well, especially, especially in the tournament. Um, I know they all, they all work so hard during the year and, um, yeah, I mean, it's great, great to see them, uh, being able to, to get another, uh, national title. No ad scoring you versus Inyaki three and three. What do we think? Of? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen him play too much, but, but I heard he's, He's definitely a good player out there. It's tough to beat. Yeah, no, well, congratulations to Who's Nation. It was delightful to see some of the tailgating being done before the match, and no one quite brings it like the Who's from a fan section perspective. But obviously, if they weren't celebrating the NCAA championship success, they had plenty to celebrate about you from the past few months uh, as you're coming off of a European stretch where uh, obviously you had a ton of success. Fourth round of Wimbledon, third round of Roland Garros, but even beyond that for you to go play events like Barcelona and Madrid and have to come through qualifying events in Rome, you know, what was that European summer like for you? What growth did you see in your game? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I saw a lot of, a lot of growth in my game. I mean, no matter, no matter the results, um, you know, just being able to, to get those good quality matches under my belt, uh, especially on the clay, which is, definitely not my strongest surface, but I mean, I feel like I've definitely improved a lot. Um, you know, I think my game is progressing in the right direction and, um, you know, it definitely showed at the, at the grand slams, you know, making, making the third round at, at the French, which I, I never really thought about. And then, and then making fourth round at, at Wimbledon. I think it's just great. It's great to see, um, you know, the hard work paying off. I'm going to offer a strange observation because we've gotten the chance to chat and meet one another in person, but we don't know each other that well. That said, I'm just going to say it. Have you put on like 10 pounds of muscle? Like I'm just, again, you're looking a little bigger out there. And I'm curious if that physicality has been a focus of your development over the past few months. Because when I look at the difference between 2020 Brandon at, say, the JC Aragoni event and you now, I do see some significant strides that have been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think physically I've, I've definitely improved a lot the past, past couple of years. Um, you know, I think we're, I was talking to, uh, to my team a couple of weeks ago and we were saying like, I've, um, I've definitely put on some muscle since the beginning of the year, but also I've lost some, some weight, uh, as well, you know, just trying to eat healthier, being able to, to, um, to be uh, a little more fit out there on the court. And um, so I think it's great to, great to see, you know, all that hard work, you know, paying off, especially at the grand slams 
And um, I know there's still a lot of other improvements to do, but I think it's nice to see how my physical aspect has uh, been developing the past uh, couple of years. We talking medium to a large shirt size? What's the deal? You know, again, give us the download here on the Cracked Interviews <laughs> podcast. No, no, I've, I've always been a large shirt. I, uh, I think I still am right now. That's true. That's what I like to hear. But you talk about, and again, you're 20 years old, turned 21 at the start of August to make the second week of a slam before that. Obviously, the sort of experience you were looking for early in your career, but you talk about the sacrifices you've made over the past few months in terms of eating healthier. You know, we hear players talk about that but I'm curious what does that look like what changes have you made now in your you know second full year of pro tennis that you see paying dividends on court yeah I think it's a little combination of everything really um you know last year was kind of like my first full year on the tour and now coming back for the second year I think I'm kind of used to a lot more things you know the traveling the uh the matches the um you know just being away from home for a while so so I think that that definitely plays a big role. You know, these those past experiences from last year. Um, obviously, I've have so much more to learn, being only only twenty years old still. But um, but you know, it's nice to see those those changes, uh, whether it's you know with the the diet or with the the fitness program or on the court stuff. Um, it's nice to see those um, paying off in a in a positive way. 20 years old, you have two and a half months in Europe. And I want to talk about the tennis, but what what does Brandon Nakashima do to fill those two and a half months? Obviously, plenty of fitness sessions, plenty of training. Do you sample the local cuisine? I mean, not exactly the, no disrespect to the British, but, you know, the fourth day of fish and chips or the various bratwurst you see in British cuisine, that's enough for me. Um, but are, are you jumping around? You know, what are you doing to keep yourself entertained? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's definitely important to, to get away from, from the tennis mind a little bit. Um, you know, especially when you're over there away from home for such a long period of time. So, um, yeah, it's nice to have, you know, a good support team around me with coaches and, and, you know, friends to, uh, to be able to be a little bit more relaxed off the court, you know, uh, being able to explore the city a little bit, um, enjoy the, the different types of food, the different types of culture, um, and, and that's one of the, the benefits from being a professional tennis player. I think it's, it's super cool how you're traveling all the way around the world, uh, being able to experience new things. So, um, it's just a matter of, I think having that balance of being able to work hard on the court, but also having the time, you know, to, to enjoy the, enjoy the life, uh, you know, traveling all over the place. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I, I definitely have been enjoying it a lot. I mean, uh, the past, the past couple months in Europe, you know, I've been taking, taking, uh, everything in, um, you know, trying to explore different things. Obviously last year was tough with, with COVID and, and being uh, a little bit more restricted, but, but now it's, it's a lot nicer being able to, you know, go out to restaurants to eat, being able to, to walk around the city centers and, um, you know, just enjoy life outside of tennis court a little bit. You get home from San Diego after those two and a half months. Obviously, helps to have third, fourth round paychecks from the majors in your pocket. But is the first thing you do go back to the Nakashima household and say, Mom, like whatever you're cooking for dinner, I'm in? Yeah, pretty much, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's, not, there's nothing like coming back home, being, being with the family, you know, spending time with them. 
Um, a couple days off know. to decompress, I imagine, was nice. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely nice. You know, being away from the the traveling, being away from the courts a little bit. Um, you know, just spending the quality time with with family and friends back home. Um, it's it's priceless, really. Um, and uh, I think it's also important, you know, to to have those times away from the court, you know, whether it's, I like to play golf on my days off or, you know, going to the beach with friends, um, just to relax the mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, great to get to hear that you're enjoying some time off the court in the San Diego area. I do want to talk about the growth on court. You talk about the progress on clay. Four and seven last year, five and five this year, but you played a full ATP tour schedule. You know, watching you play, and this gets back to the off court training and the strength component. I watched the serve, I watched the plus one in particular. It feels like you are going after those free points a little bit more vigorously now. And, you know, clay court tennis is one thing, but watching some of the grass court matches you played as well, whether it was against Stevie or Sam or Tommy, Mm -hmm. has the plus one been a focus of yours over the past year? And has it, you know, do you see it paying dividends? Uh, Yeah, it definitely has been a a main focus, Um, you know, the past couple of months, um, especially on the grass, you know, being able to, to have those quick, short points and um you know being aggressive right off the right off the serve right after first ball um i think it's super important and um you know one of one of my old coaches was was saying uh, a while back that there's a stat where um the points won like between zero and four shots um whoever wins like more points during the match of those of those uh that of that category usually most of the time wins the match. So, so I think that's definitely been a big area of focus, you know, being able to be aggressive off that first ball and, um, you know, to try to play the point on, on your terms a little bit, I think is, um, is super important, especially against these top players too. Uh, it's tough when it's tough when you're on the defense, it's tough when they're running you around. Um, so, so it's definitely important to, to get after that first ball. How's the movement on the grass, on the clay courts for you now? Did you feel a little bit more comfortable? I have to say, watching the grass court movement, and helps that you have strong legs. You know, I know how low that center of gravity has to be um, on that surface. But dare I say, Brandon Nakashima was sliding comfortably on a clay court, and I feel like that was not always the case. Yeah, definitely not wasn't the case last year. Um, no, I, I feel like I definitely was more comfortable on the clay this year. Um, you know, we had a good good couple of weeks training before the first tournament on clay and, um, you know, the footwork, the movement. I think I've got so much more comfortable with, with every single week, with every single match. And, um, you know, obviously the fitness plays a big part in it also, you know, being able to to last the long rallies out there, having the strong legs, like you said. Um, so I think the clay court movement has definitely helped a lot. And, um, and also going into the grass as well, too. I think um, most of the movement is the same. Maybe you're not as sliding as much, but um, most of the, the quick footwork movement is the same, whether it's on the grass or on the hard court. So, so I think it's just another, another good, building stuff in the right direction, um, heading into the hard courts too. Mm-hmm. And for you, again, with that movement, that physicality in mind, nine and eight since the start of last season at the Grand Slams, you've now made a couple of second weeks. Do you feel better prepared for best of five 
just in general? Because, again, watching from afar feels like you are prepared to, you know, again, three and a half hours. I know for Southern California, Zach Svida, that's the warm-up. But, you know, three and a half hours, it feels like you're ready for that challenge now. Yeah, I, I feel I feel definitely more comfortable three out of five uh, set matches. Um, you know, having having a few five set matches under my belt now, I think I, I feel pretty good physically out there, being able to to keep up with all the top guys. Um, so I think when it comes down to those grand slam matches and and battling out in the in the fifth set, uh, I feel I feel pretty comfortable and and I like my chances. For the most part. Well, it's fascinating to hear you say that because, again, the three losses this year at the Slams. Berrettini, Zverev, Kyrgios. By the way, not too shabby, my friend. 20 years old. I'd like to remind everyone of the listeners that that's who he's coming up against. What what do you learn from those matches? What's different about them that maybe you're not there yet? Uh, Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot to learn from those matches. Um, Also playing on those big courts, too. I think it's just another good experience good experience uh win or loss um those top players i think they they bring such a high level of tennis and and physicality out there so so i think there's there's definitely a lot to learn from definitely a lot to improve on uh from my aspect but uh but it's nice to see that i'm able to to have those good matches with those top players being able to to compete compete with them uh hang with them from the baseline and um you know, give myself good opportunities out there. What do you do to game plan against Kyrgios? Is it just like, I will not even look at him. I'm just going to look at you, Box. He's going to do his thing. I was talking about this. Well, I think we did it publicly on the stream. I was talking about this with Bradley Klon. And, you know, in his experience, it was, look, not only is Nick going to do Nick on the other side of the court, but at the same time, you have no rhythm. Because he's hitting the big serve. He's hitting the big plus one. So not only are you frustrated mentally with everything going on, but you're frustrated with the lack of rhythm. What do you do to game plan? Yeah, I think that's that's what makes him so dangerous out there. Um, I mean, it's tough to to go up against him because his his serve is so big. He can hit all the spots. And uh, on top of that, it's tough to read most of the time. So you never really know what's, what's coming at you. So... You just try to take every opportunity you can out there. Um, you know, my game plan was just kind of just focus on myself, focus on my service games. I knew, I knew he was going to go up and down a little bit and, um, you know, just try to take the opportunities on his service games. I knew I knew I was going to get them at some point. Um, but, but, yeah, in the fifth set, I think he, he definitely raised his level quite a bit. And, um, I mean that's what that's what makes him so tough out there. You you kind of never really know what to expect. It was a hell of a match, no doubt about that. What's the strangest text you got after that one? Because everyone was watching. We can be honest. You know, it's round of sixteen, Wimbledon. The obviously, Nick being Nick. I'm sure you got some texts, right? Like, I, I, you know, I'm sure you got plenty. Like from me, hey, great match out there, fun. But you know, is it the third grade teacher you haven't heard from since the tutor session before the boys' twelve hard courts? Who's like, hey, Brandon, it's good to hear from you. That was awesome. You know, were you getting those sorts of texts? Uh, a little, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so a little bit from people that. I normally don't talk to on a daily basis or, or have talked to them in a while, but, but it, it's, it's, it's nice to have all the support from, from family and friends. Um, you know, even if I don't speak to them uh, regularly or in a while, 
um it's nice to to have that support from them that's awesome to hear well again it's been a lot of praise of you i'm gonna throw one more at you and then i do want to talk socal pro circuit uh but you know the the volleys for you i think it's not unfair to say that volleying wasn't always your forte and i know and no disrespect to coach lopez but i know you know they don't teach volleying in Southern California until you're 14. It's like a rule. You got to get to this stage of the level ones before you get there. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, but the yeah. point being, um, I feel like sometimes early in your career, maybe even to your detriment, you forced yourself forward just to get more comfortable. I will say it now. Brandon Nakashima, Nakashima, pretty good volleyer. Like I, I feel like that has become a part of your game. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think so. Um you know, definitely when I was in the juniors or when I was growing up, uh, most of my coaches were kind of trying to develop me to be like kind of an all-around player, really. So, um, you know, just having that variety in my game, being able to come forward, I think it's definitely improved over the last couple of years, especially in college, too, playing a lot of doubles. And, um, you know, I think it's it's super important now in, in, in today's game, especially with the men's, you know, it's so physical out there and um, it's important to, to be able to have those uh, opportunities to, to finish points at the net or uh, use that variety to your advantage a little bit. So, um, so I think it's, it's super important and, and I definitely encourage, encourage all juniors, all, all other players to, to work on that volley game, to, to work on that transition game. The Beanox serving volley. When it's shown, it's special. You're just like this. This is the fun stuff. Now we know he's feeling it. And yeah, again, you were. It was spectacular. Just the variety you showed, the physicality throughout the course of Wimbledon made it such a fun uh, experience for all of us fans to enjoy. With that in mind, you talk about again the pro opportunities, and you talk about early in your career. Now you're a bit of an exception because all of us, you know, the last thing all of us as tennis fans were doing before the pandemic hit in 20. 2020 was celebrating the summer of Nakashima, you know, Tiburon quarterfinals and Fairfield semifinals, Charlottesville semifinals. Mm-hmm. You came on so strongly at the challenger level after turning pro after your freshman season 2019. <coughs> you know, you didn't have to spend long on the future circuit is the point I'm trying to make. You were able to make that quick transition to where you are now making second weeks at slams. That said, you know, you have been a big supporter. One one of the reasons we were able to have you on the show today is in coordination with our friend Chris Boyer, who has put together the SoCal Pro Circuit. Of course, six ITF Futures events being held in the San Diego, Los Angeles area. You know, how valuable are those playing opportunities to young aspiring pros? And you know, again, what leads to your support of this SoCal Pro Circuit? Yeah, I think it's super super valuable to have those those future those future level tournaments uh, in in Southern California. Um, you know, I've always I've always said that Southern California the the tennis is is such at a high level, um, especially in the juniors too. So it's it's nice to have those tournaments you know close to home and, and being able to compete against all the other top players. Um, I think it's super important for, for the development of, of players games, um, not being able to, not having to, you know, travel to far distances to, to, to play high level matches. And, um, you know, I know my, my brother is, has been playing in those tournaments. I think he's been in the qualities for most of them. So, I mean, the, the level is definitely really high in Southern California, even at those, even at those 15, 25 level futures. 
how much time did you spend at Los Cab or Kramer Club or just all of these different places? I feel like that's where the SoCal Pro Circuit runs through. Yeah, I mean, Los Cab is definitely definitely where the the Southern California tennis is is based. Um, I spent a lot of a lot of time there in the juniors, you know, playing playing a lot of tournaments, and um, you know, I've always had good memories there. I mean, hopefully, I'll be able to come back one day. But uh, but yeah, it's nice to see them having these these pro tournaments and and all these young juniors uh, having that opportunity to to play here in Southern California. It's a cracked racket centric question. Did you ever play Maze Cup? No, no, I never played Maze Cup. You must have gotten the invitation though. Obviously, Maze Cup. I, I think so. Right, North Cal versus Southern Northern California versus Southern California. One of I mean, again, in the circles I run in. Like there are legendary stories of Mackie McDonald leading Northern California to their first victory in like two and a half decades in the Maze Cup. And you talk about, again, the rich tradition of Southern California tennis. I mean, to be did you ever attend the L.A. Open? You know, what does it mean to you got to play San Diego last year? Certainly. What did yeah. it mean to play a home, you know, a, a, truly a hometown ATP event? I mean, it, it was great. It was great. I yeah. mean. So uh, all, uh, it was such a nice tournament too. I know they they uh, they kind of planned it all last minute, but I mean it, it was such a nice tournament, very well run. I think the the community really came together and, and put on good support for the tournament uh, throughout the whole week. Um, you know, I had a lot of family and friends that were able to come out and watch, and um, you know it's great to to have most of the top players really that were, were playing the event. Um, having having all the san diego community be able to watch these top players so um i mean hopefully they'll have that tournament in the future someday again i'm not sure about this year but um but no i mean anytime when uh, a top level professional tournament can come to uh to co- can come to uh to california i mean it, it's always going to be uh it's always going to be a good event do you stay at home uh yes i stay at home What's yeah, the? Really I can't even nice. imagine what that. Yeah, for a pro tournament, you're like, oh, I'm sleeping in my bed. You're like, this is crazy. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely felt weird a little bit. It definitely, definitely ha- didn't have that tournament feels like in a hotel. But, uh, but it, it was nice to to have a little something different. Yeah, I can imagine. And with that said, again, you spend two and a half months in Europe. I know you were just back home, as you alluded to, in San Diego. Now, last year. You make the final of Los Cab. You make uh, Los Cabos, excuse me, Los Cab. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it was inevitable. You make the final of Los Cabos. You make the final of the John Isner Open, aka Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. You got you get to play some defense with your points this summer. With that in mind, I'm curious. You know, I mentioned it. Top 50 in the rankings for the first time in your career, Mazel Tov, my friend. Uh, what does the summer schedule look like for you? Where Where are you getting after? Um, yeah, I think. I think we're definitely going to try to play most of the ATP tournaments in the U S um, you know, having those, those couple of good weeks last year, making the finals of Los Cabos in Atlanta. Um, you know, it's, it's great to see like my level improving. Um, so, I mean, this year, definitely it'll be a little different pressure playing at those tournaments, but, uh, but I feel like we're gonna, we're gonna go about the same playing the events, you know, not focusing too much on the the ranking or points and just just always trying to develop the game, win or lose. Um, I'm still going to have good opportunities out there. So uh, so I think that the schedule is looking good uh, for the next couple of months. 
leading up to the U.S. Open. I think uh, I have a good support team around me uh, that's going to be traveling with me. And, um, you know, it's going to be good times both, both on and off the court. I know you get asked this question a million times, but with the U.S. Open coming up, you look at the ATP Top 50 rankings. Obviously, Francis, Riley, Taylor, Tommy, they've all solidified themselves in the Top 50, and you've got John still is in there, yourself, Sebastian Jensen, all in the Top 50. Do you actually monitor their success? Are you aware of what's going on with them? Because, you know, as we look towards New York, could be a really exciting summer for American tennis fans at the U.S. Open. Are you feeling the buzz that comes with, again, you, Taylor, making the second week? Did, does that stuff sort of get, come to your attention? Uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's nice to see all the other Americans doing well. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm pretty good friends with most of them, and uh, we all get along well with each other. So, um, yeah, like you said, I think the the U.S. Open is going to be a great great tournament for us. I think all the American fans should be uh, excited. Um, you know, I think each of us can can make a deep run there. We each have uh, good areas in our game that that makes us unique. Um, so, so I think it's uh, exciting time for American tennis. And um, you know, as always, I, I wish all of them the best. Really. Yeah, it would have been great if you're like, except for Seb and Jensen. Like, I would like to be the highest ranked of our crew. But, you know, the other guy is good for them. No, I, it, it makes – I'm no. sure seeing their success not only, again, adds to the excitement, but sure it does give you a little kick in the derriere at times. And you're like, all right, this lifting session is worthwhile or, you know, again, hitting yeah, the practice it's, court. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it is it's worth It's good it. motivation. Yeah, it's good motivation um, seeing seeing them do well and, and trying to uh, to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. And for you, I know, obviously, again, training block now before that action gets underway. You're in. Are, are you in Florida full time? Are you in San Diego area? Do you switch between the two? Where Where are you training at now? Uh, yeah, I'm still still kind of mixing it up a little bit. Um, yeah, right now we're we're in Florida and Miami, kind of doing a a little training block a couple of weeks before the first tournament. So um, yeah, I think. It's always important to have those training blocks, especially before uh, a long run of tournaments, just to to keep the physicality up, uh, work on the little areas of your game, and um, I, yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna work out well for the next couple of weeks. Tougher conditions, San Diego or Miami in July? <laughs> I mean, Miami for sure, but <laughs> Miami for sure is definitely tougher. But I mean, I don't mind it too much, and I mean going to. Atlanta, Los Cabos, DC. I mean, it's just going to be even even more brutal out there. So, might as well get used to it. Yeah, it's good for you. It's healthy. Yeah. Enjoy that Miami yeah. heat. Well, as always, Brandon, sincerely watching you make your run at Wimbledon at the French Open throughout the course of the European summer. And you know, I think I speak for tennis fans everywhere. It's been so fun to watch your rise, and Thank I think you. that top fifty live ranking career high speaks for itself. And yeah, looking forward to watching all of your summer success. So appreciate you tolerating all of our nonsense here at Crack Rackets, and always a pleasure to get the chance to chat. No, thank thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah, of course. Good luck to you this summer. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with ATP Top 50 player. Yeah, that's right, folks. 20-year-old American Brandon Nakashima. A huge thank you to Brandon for taking the time to chat amidst a training block. Obviously, we're all looking forward to seeing what Brandon can accomplish throughout the course of this North American hardcourt summer. And, of course, we talk all about that hardcourt summer over on our mini break podcast feed. We'll keep you tennis fans up to date on all the latest developments, whether it be at the ATP WTA level, challenger, future circuit, college level, junior level, you name it. We cover it. As we know, it's our job to keep you the most well-informed, best educated fans in the business. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who makes all of this content possible with the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Swing Vision. Remember, learn more by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. By the way, you hear us discuss the USTA SoCal Pro Circuit. Our coverage of the final week of the six ITF events continues this Saturday and Sunday. We'll have top 100 player Bradley Klon joining me on the broadcast as we put the final bow on what has been a fantastic six weeks of tennis coverage beginning 1 p.m. Eastern time with our single semifinals on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, excuse me, we'll have championship single coverage on Sunday as well. Again, all of that action available for free on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. With all of that said, for the fantastic Brandon Nakashima, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.